Happy Saturday! Welcome to Connect with Christina. And here with me today is one of our heavy hitters in our personal injury space, helping so many people in the valley when they are victims in car accidents. Mr. Dave Wattel of Wattel and York. Hi! Happy Saturday, everyone. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Thank you for... Uh, Letting me scoop you out of and away from your beautiful wife and having, you know, spending the Saturday with us. What were you up to today? How did you wake up? What time? Uh, we woke up uh, about 6.30. <laughs> I caught my, my wife actually reading in bed this morning. Oh. Yeah. Shout out Desiree, the beautiful Desiree Wattel. Hi. Um, I actually met her first, and we have a funny story. I'm, I know you know. The whiteout party, City Vodka. Um. Dave, there's a lot I want to cover because you are you are well respected in the space. It's such an honor to be here with you. Um, I've learned that you are super passionate about personal injury, which is as you know I've shared with you. I am too, though I'm the newbie. Um, can you share how you got started in personal injury and a little bit about the firm? Sure. So I'm not I'm not sure anybody. Uh there are probably some people, but vast majority that end up becoming personal injury attorneys don't just say, hey, I'm going to go become a personal injury attorney. So I started uh, after law school uh, with a really talented lawyer. His law firm is S. Allen Cook PC. He goes by Allen, of course. And Allen did uh, a little domestic relations work, a little uh, sports agency work, and some personal injury and uh, I, I, enjoyed, uh, I enjoyed all three. I uh, worked with Alan for a very short period of time, then I joined with uh, David Clough. Uh, he and I uh, became partners not long thereafter, 1989, a long time ago. Uh, and he, were, he and I did exclusively plaintiff personal injury work and medical malpractice uh, through 2014. At that point in time, David decided he was going to go do some other endeavors. Uh, Mike York, one of my uh, lead litigators, or our lead lit litigators at the time, uh, he and I had discussions about just continuing the firm as is with all the staff, all the clients, and uh, since 14, it's been Wattell and York. So there's essentially been continuity of, of staff and uh, work ethic and, and uh, performance from 1989 till present. Uh, continuity. How how many years is like are some of your employees? How long have they been with you? Well, to to their credit, and uh, perhaps uh, also to their dismay, they've been with me my entire legal career of thirty plus years. In wow. fact, I'm in, I'm I'm now into my thirty second year of practice. Congratulations. Thank you. And, and other than the first uh, couple of months, it's been exclusively plaintiffs, plaintiffs only, plaintiffs personal injury work. I mean, to have people stay working, you know, for a company that long says, speaks volumes. Yeah, we have a number of staff who are uh, significantly tenured staff, you know, 10, 15 plus years. Uh, essentially, the entire time Wattel and York has been in existence as well. Share a little bit about that. How, how, how is that possible for you? How do you, why, what is it that you do? How are you different? How are you treating these people where they want to stay like that? So it's really simple. Um, folks that work for and with you, uh, if, if you don't micromanage, uh, if you hire uh, intelligent, motivated uh, folks, 
and you give them the opportunity to excel on their own, and you lead by example. Uh, everybody has self-worth and self-accomplishment needs, and we give every employee the opportunity to fulfill that. And what we believe in is doing right by clients. It's a pretty common theme across the board, uh, and everybody recognizes their role, and everybody recognizes the importance of that role uh, in bringing... Uh, you know, recovery to clients who have suffered significantly. So I'm sure they too go home feeling good about the job that they've done for the day. Yeah, some some work is uh, a bit repetitive, and uh, I, I tell I tell employees, you know, you you are doing some menial task, but but recognize the end goal is is meaningful. So even though you're doing rote discovery responses or obtaining records and bills. That has a meaningful and lasting result for our clients. Yeah. And as far as being the firm that you are and the reputation that you have, what are some of the key factors that you've instilled in your business as to, because you're all about the clients as well and what's best for them. Yeah, I, I tell this silly little vignette all the time. I, I'm out shoe shopping at the mall and I see a pair of shoes and, and I buy it, and then I go to a, uh, another store the same day, and there's the same pair of shoes on sale, uh, you know, maybe 5 or $10 cheaper, maybe a little bit more. Uh, and it's not that I can't afford to pay for the full price, but I feel like I got taken because I could have gotten the shoes on sale for a, a smaller price just, just down the, the walkway. Uh, I don't ever want to feel like I get taken, and I don't want my clients to feel like they get taken. So no pun intended, if the shoe was on the other foot... How would I want my clients treating me is how I treat them. So we put the client first and foremost. You know, I'm, I'm not sure how many lawyers out there uh, look at the economics for them in the law firm uh, to decide whether or not they settle a case, whether or not they litigate a case. It's always client first with us. It's what is economically sound for that client. So uh, I'm the expert, not some insurance adjuster, in evaluating claim. We evaluate the claim and say, okay, it's worth this amount of money. And if the carrier wants to voluntary, voluntarily pay it and fulfill their contractual obligation, great. If not, then we're going to force uh, them to do so by putting that case into litigation, whether it be arbitration, whether it be trial, what, whatever it takes. So we pride ourselves and really promote litigation where lots of other law firms out there promote settlement. Well, if you're promoting settlement to carriers, that means you're not willing to take the carrier to task. And as a result, I believe it translates into lowball offers. And that has a negative implication upon clients' eventual result. So you do your own litigation, obviously. Yeah. Listen, over the years, I think maybe we've sent out one or two cases for very complex product liability that we had not ever uh, undertaken in the past. But we do high-end complex medical malpractice cases. We do significant brain injury cases. Uh, we, we do a diminished value on vehicles, which you know, very, very few lawyers do. In fact, uh, our, our, our firm took uh, the, uh, the case, uh, the Oliver case, through the Court of Appeals and helped establish the law in that area for, for the state. What about your background that makes you so, um, I guess, confident in the way that you litigate. Like, you're not afraid of that at all. No, I, you know, 
I think, I think the, the best uh, reason why is that we believe we're on the right side. You know, most people, you know, see the, the 60 Minutes program from years past where they see a guy dancing a jig on the side of the boat, you know, being found to be a fraud after collecting a lot of money. That guy's one in, in a million, if not more. The vast majority of people have significant injury accidents, end up with far less compensation than they're entitled to. They're not made whole because there's limitation in coverage. Um, you know, there's, there's no way to collect. So we're on the right side. We're there to help the victim, the one who the law in this state guarantees the right to be made whole. So when you're on the right side, it's easy to get passionate about something. Yeah, I can, I agree with that wholly. But in, you know, in the, in the space that we share, it's big, but small. So I constantly hear stories of you helping, I guess, essentially your own competitors. And I want to share that story of why you do that. I mean, I try to do the same thing, but I want you to share your why on that. You've helped your own competitors. Why yeah, is that? They're, they're not necessarily competitors, they're colleagues. Colleagues, right? okay. There you go, guys. Listen, I, yeah, no, I get it. I mean, listen, they, they're they're fighting for the the same potential clients, which translates into income, which translates into how we support our families. But at the same time, you know, if I can provide assistance to my colleagues, that's going to benefit their clients. And I believe that there's a, a trickle down effect in this life that if you help others, somehow it, it, it it's going to help others, and and may turn around at some point in time and help you. There. There's a uh, across-the-board approach, it seems to me, based upon the insurance companies, of, of taking uh, a, a hard line towards uh, paying reasonable value. So if I can give my colleagues the tools that they need to benefit their clients, then maybe that insurance adjuster next go-around when dealing with one of my clients says, you know what, you're, you're right, this is the value of this claim, or you're right, this is the legality behind this claim. So by me providing assistance and tools to my colleagues, it's going to help the, their clients. It may end up helping my clients, and, and you know that's good for society as a whole. And it shapes the industry too, like you said, like kind of training some of these adjusters to, you know, hey, we're going to fight for our clients. You know, re recognize that nobody ever comes into my office and does cartwheels and says, hip, hip, hooray, I'm here, I've had an auto accident, or I've had a slip and fall, I've had a medical <laughs> practice claim, or a dog bite, and I've been seriously injured, hooray, I'm here, finally. You know, no. we, we need to recognize that there's a lot of suffering. Yes. You know, all I can do is really get my clients money. Yeah, I'll lead them through the process, I'll educate, I'll inform, I'll give them information that they need to make appropriate and, and intelligent decisions. But, but this business that we're in is, is really not all that glamorous. You know, we see a bunch of people up on billboards, and my face is on one. Um, but I, I only do that because I recognize that there is a need to fulfill. And if these folks that are involved in these accidents don't have adequate representation, then they're going to be seriously taken advantage of. Right. And with respect to, to um, insurance, I wanted to pick your brain on that for the people that are listening, because I'm probably one of those people that are broken record about evaluate your insurance, make sure that you have this, this and this. So, you know, in your own words, like what the cons to the consumers, like what 
basic insurance would you want your you know your loved ones or these anyone to sh that uh, out here driving should have sure that the, there are really two parts to that question is one which carrier okay uh, I'm not necessarily going to give any advice on that. I think sure. most carriers are pretty similar mm -hmm. uh, in, in terms of, of what they provide. There are some better than others, but, you know, I, I ask uh, the audience to please do their due diligence in evaluating. You know, the old adage, you get what you pay for, really does come true. So, you know, discount doesn't necessarily mean better. But as it relates to coverages, <clears throat> there are some key coverages. Of course, liability coverage protects you in case you cause harm to somebody else. So... Your assets should dictate and control how much liability coverage you purchase. You know, you're looking to protect yourself. Uh, don't see insurance as a bad thing because, God forbid, you cause an accident, you cause harm to somebody, it you're happens. exposed. All right? So make sure that you're buying adequate liability coverage. And, and people don't recognize going from state minimum, $25,000 per person, $50,000 per accident liability, up a notch or two, it's not a dramatic increase in, in, in amount of money. So evaluate that incremental, small incremental increase versus what additional protection is providing. Then the next coverage that I want to mention is medical payments coverage. That's health insurance on wheels. It's an optional coverage in this state. It should be purchased every single time. Mm -hmm. uh, $5,000 is the typical amount that's purchased. That should be adequate for most. Uh, if you purchase more, terrific. It's not an expensive coverage. And then you have two other uh, major coverages relating to injury, and that is uninsured and underinsured motors coverage. It's imperative, everyone. I cannot stress this enough. Make sure that your uninsured and underinsured motors coverages are selected and equal to your liability limit. Do not discount these because if you or any family member or any passenger in any of your vehicles are involved in an accident and the other person, because they didn't have a lot of assets to protect, bought minimum coverage, this, these coverages, the uninsured, if, if someone doesn't have any coverage or not enough coverage, the underinsured, these will provide protection to you and your family members. So take into consideration, hmm, you know, I have significant assets probably ought to have big liability coverage. In addition, I probably ought to have the same amount in uninsured and underinsured. And people also talk to me about umbrella policies. So you carry a $100,000 liability or 250 policy, 250,000 liability policy. Certain carriers require at least 250 to get an umbrella. Recognize your umbrella policy is only liability coverage, not uninsured and underinsured. So you need to make sure that you negotiate to get underinsured and uninsured on any umbrella policy you purchase or have a large enough liability policy that you have adequate amount of uninsured and underinsured as well. Those are the, the, the main coverages uh, relating to uh, liability. You also want to purchase comprehensive and collision in case somebody causes you harm in, in your vehicle, that is damages your vehicle, you've got rental. coverage. Yeah, and rental as well, rental or loss of use. Um, Know, th those are those are nice coverages. They're elective coverages. If you can afford it, buy it because right. you never know when. Right, Justin. Did you get all that? Or do we need to uh, update your insurance? <laughs> if we can help just one person from this episode, because you know you know how I feel about that. This, this young man over here looks like he's got plenty to protect. So I would insure <laughs> to the hilt. 
There you go, Justin. Um, Dave, I've spoken to some of the people you've helped, like literally some of the people that you've taken hours with, time, days with, to sit down and say, this is how you can be successful. This is your best practices. I want to ask who in your lifetime helped you when you were still trying to make it? Who are your influence, the people that have influenced you, were good to you, helped you out? So in, in the law, um, you know, I've had a, a number of quality mentors, not, not necessarily where they, they chose to be, but rather I, I soaked up information. Uh, Jeff Ostreicher was a, a quality lawyer for many, many years. I, I believe that uh, for the most part, he's retired at this point in time. Um, I, I was a law clerk of his in, in law school and learned tremendously from him. Uh, S. Allen Cook, his work ethic, uh, most importantly, his commitment to excellence and perfection. Boy, I learned that, uh, and, and that's oh so important. Uh, David Clough, uh, his, his commitment to doing right by people, uh, and, and because of his, you know, his religious beliefs that uh, you, you never stray from doing right by people was, was tantamount towards um, you know, me understanding what, what I should be doing for people. Um, and then my, my partner, Mike York, he's an outstanding lawyer. I mean, tremendous uh, legal uh, scholar. Uh, he, he's a tremendous uh, author uh, in, in terms of legal briefs. Uh, all, all of these people have been instrumental in molding and shaping me and my legal career. That's awesome. I, hear, I hope one or two of them hear that. Um, in your career... Explain the importance of a paralegal because there's a lot of them out there that I think are amazing paralegals. Sure. So we're always looking for the right person. <laughs> um, you know, there's never there's never too many, believe it or not. You know, and and, and paralegal is is not necessarily a, a nomenclature I use. Uh, litigation assistant, paralegal, pre-litigation assistant, assistant. Legal assistant, you know, they're, they're all really one and the same. Uh, and again, everybody in my office, you know, shares responsibility in, in terms of what they do for a particular client. Um, but you're right, um, a, a quote paralegal using your term uh, is essential to the practice because we lawyers can only do, too, only do so much in a day. There, there are so many hours and we do have to balance our work family lives. Similarly, you know, the paralegals do as well. Uh, but, but having a, a paralegal that shares the beliefs that you have and the commitment to really taking care of people goes a long way. Uh, you know, I, 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 I want to go back to something you asked me earlier about why, you know, why people have uh, stayed so long with you. And I'm very fortunate in that regard. And I, I shout out to all my employees, if, if any of them are listening to this. Thank you for all your commitment and time and effort over the years. But I recognize as an employer that my employees spend more time with me than they spend anywhere else in their lives. How dare me not provide a, uh, a rewarding work environment to them where they have self-accomplishment and self-worth and have satisfaction, where they're making me money, how dare me not provide those things to them? That would be just terrible. So, you know, my philosophy is find quality, 
motivated, top-notch people. Uh, whether they're degreed or not as a paralegal doesn't really matter. It's, it's again, uh, ha- having that drive and determination to help people. I think you'd agree that when people feel appreciated, they always want to do more. Yeah, that appreciation also can, <clears throat> can take on many forms. You know, a simple thank you, uh, a pat on the back. Uh, but you're right, appreciation is huge. And, you know, bosses that yell and scream you know, are, are certainly not ones that are displaying appreciation. Uh, if, if somebody makes a mistake, because somebody's make, make a mistake along the way, hey, listen, you made a mistake, it's okay. Figure out why you make, made the mistake. Let's learn from it so it doesn't happen again. You know, believe it or not, that's, that's a form of appreciation. I appreciate the fact that you made a mistake. It's okay. Let's, let's go on from here. I recognize your import to me and to my clients, so let's make sure it doesn't happen again, and, and we've now figured out how it won't. Right. I really like that. I think that would be helpful to a lot of people that are in the position as an employer, you know, because we get busy, you don't, you forget this, these, some of the, some, the little things, you know, they add up. Um, I do have something to ask you because I want to ask, I've been wanting to ask you this. I want to know why you're behind Multis and why you created the company. And one, it's kind of a harsh question, but I have to ask it. So I hear that, um, the product is only for litigation. So educate me. Yes, so that, that's, some of us. that's clearly wrong, that it's, it's not just for litigation. Um, Multis provides a visual tool for physicians to be able to demonstrate MRI results for the very first time to their patients. Um, we're, we're in a day, of a, a day and age of technology and the more technology we can provide, the better our lives, I think, are going to be. Um, people historically have to simply rely upon what their doctor tells them. And, you know, we, find, we found over the last year plus that, you know, doctors are, are not always right. Um, so this is a chance to empower patients in making their own intelligent medical decisions based upon what they can see or what they can feel. Uh, so, from a medical standpoint, you know, Multis that provides a 3D rendering, a demonstration tool, is essential in helping patients get a good feel for what's wrong with them and to get an understanding as to why a doctor is recommending what they're recommending. I also say it kind of eliminates the crazy factor where, you know, the, the, the wife or the husband comes home and says, you know, I'm in pain, I'm in pain, I'm in pain and nobody can see it, well, here's now the first time that they can actually stick their 3D rendering up in front of their spouse and say, see, here, here's, here's why I have, this, this, why I have this problem. So from a, a, a patient standpoint, it, it's imperative. From a uh, settlement standpoint, listen, no, no client wants to jump into litigation. Litigation takes time, it's stressful, it takes money, it takes effort, it's inconvenient. We'd rather all settle the cases. So why on earth are we not putting our best foot forward in pre-litigation when we submit a demand? Well, if you have a visual tool that you can submit to an insurance adjuster by copying, pasting the address for this particular 3D rendering to an adjuster, why wouldn't you darn want to do that on every single case? 
I will tell you the adjusters know very little overall as it relates to medicine. And they're a layperson as well, just like the client. So now when they see the MRI result for the very first time, that's what a herniation looks like? Oh my gosh. <laughs> that's what uh, an epidural uh, should be uh, a, or is addressing? Oh my gosh. This is why the client actually had to have a two-level cervical spine fusion surgery. Wow, I finally get it. I will tell you, I've polled adjusters and attorneys of late. Can you explain to me, so that I can visualize it or feel it, what an ablation looks like? And they can't. Well, here now you've got a, a 3D rendering of the MRI that's superimposed into an ablation animation video. Anybody with a fifth grade education can understand and see it. Litigation uh, occurs on less than 50% of the cases. So it's actually proactive. With attorneys out there. Yeah. And, and it, it really falls in line with my entire philosophy. And that is put your best foot forward and let the insurance adjuster or insurance carrier know when you submit a demand, I'm ready to go to trial today. I'm Here's my functional prepared. capacity evaluation. Here's my impairment evaluation. Here's my life care plan. Here's my earning capacity evaluation. Here's my day in the life video. Here's my 3D rendering. Here's my surgical animation. Attorneys that don't do that are lazy. They're not willing to spend the money. They're not doing their clients a service, in my opinion. Now, some of my colleagues may not like what I just said, but that's too bad. Because what I teach is this very, these very principles. Prepare that case as though you're ready to go to trial, as though you're persuading the adjuster of everything at that point in time so that you can get that case resolved. Here's what happens if you don't. What happens with you, if you don't is the carriers now become entrenched in their position. They've offered what they're offering. And now it gets to a defense attorney who is motivated to spend lots of time and effort on the file because they're getting an hourly rate if they're not in-house counsel. And as a result, that means protracted litigation. And the carrier, again, has become intransigent in their position, and they're going to need a lot to be able to change their tune. So now the plaintiff lawyer goes forward with all of these other tools that I just mentioned, including potentially 3D rendering. The carrier is saying, well, you just didn't like what we offered. It's not that you really thought that these things were needed but rather you're just trying to change our tune. That's a lot harder hill to climb up than, hey, listen, I've done all of this pre-litigation and carrier, you just didn't accept at that point in time. All I had to do was get you over the hump. That's a lot easier to resolve a claim down the line. So, and I imagine that for a patient too, understanding what's going on with their physical body, it would, encourage them as well not to miss their appointments. So now we're back to our paralegals, okay? <laughs> our paralegals who are on the phone countless hours with their, our clients, where our client's saying, I hurt, my life's terrible, I can't deal with this, what do I do, what I, do I do? Yeah. Well, you know what? Those calls are, are lessened or eliminated because the doctor has ordered a 3D rendering, which the attorney has allowed, and now the patient gets it. And now the patient understands, yeah, I, I know I'm needle apprehensive, 
Uh, I'm needle phobic, but the epidural and the ablation that are being recommended, I now know I have to do this to get well or to get better, so I'm going to do it. And with the pricing, Dave, like how come there was a big change from like the original amount and then it, it like went up to a certain amount? Well, so Malta started with an initial pricing that was based upon a, you know, a, an initial beta software. We've had three iterations. And most importantly, the most dynamic change is there's now an interactive viewer. Historically, what was provided with a 3D rendering was simply the storyboard uh, that, that demonstrated the stacking of the axial and sagittal uh, slices into a single formatted video. Now, uh, we spend an enormous amount of time and money on R&D, research and development, in creating interactive viewer that allows the physician or anybody else to zoom in, zoom out, look at the 3D uh, model in, in any So it's uh, more angle. advanced. It's been improved. It's, it, it's light years beyond what it was. And, and uh, our, our charge ac- across the country... Um, you know, it's the same. So you know, oh, you're across, Michi- so Michigan, you're in other nation, um, states. Oh, mi- well, first of all, Mich- Michigan, we have a, a slightly higher because uh, MRIs are needs needs for it's a needs for state based upon you can't just go open an MRI facility because you want to. So our 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 pricing there is a bit higher. Every other state, it's priced the same. It's a twelve hundred dollar expense regardless, whether it be billed through the the uh, the company itself or billed through the MRI facility. And to be clear, the doctor has to order it. The lawyers have to allow it. Is no, that how the, that works? Law- <laughs> First of all, I don't think lawyers should be in the business of allowing or disallowing medical care. Uh, that should be up to the client and it should be up to the physician. I recognize sometimes we have limitation coverage and we need to properly advise our clients. We don't make decisions for our clients. We need to properly advise our clients. Listen, if you do this, there may not be the money to pay for it. I get that. Just the same for a uh, 3D rendering to be presented as part and parcel of the medical claim and billed out at 76377, which is the CPT code. Uh, it's got to be physician ordered as a reasonable and customary expense. Attorneys can order in litigation 3D rendering, but then it just becomes a demonstrative exhibit as opposed to being utilized in educating and form the patient, which is, again, the most important thing, which most attorneys that, that have not quote, authorized, are overlooking. Yes, we are in, I don't know, uh, hundreds, if not thousands, I think thousands of MRI facilities now across the country. (laughs) Justin's giving me the sign. We are almost out of time. Um, You can't leave without giving your wife a proper shout out because I'm a fan of Desiree and I know she's great. So in your words, what would you like to tell your beautiful wife? So first and foremost... Uh, she has lots of fans, which is wonderful because she deserves all of the accolades. Uh, I send out all my appreciation that when and if I failed it to uh, say it. Uh, and uh, I love you dearly. Thank you for being uh, in my life. Dave Wattel, thank you for spending this Saturday with me at Connect with Christina, a.k.a. The Clout God. Hey! <laughs> nice. Yeah.